Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. You got Mike, you got Easy, aka Lil Nap, aka White Chocolate, and you got Mystery Helper. Man, you had to bring that. <laughs> you, you had to bring that. <laughs> I just had to do it. Had to do it. Is your mic muted? Oh, there we go. Yeah, I had to bring it up. You had. To bring I had it to, in. because it. There's a story behind that, but I'm not going to let you in on that today because I'm going to respect EZE's privacy, even though I just blasted his privacy by a... <laughs> we're we're collecting names. So if you would like a name for EZE, aka Little Nap, aka White Chocolate, go ahead and send it in to us. I'm hoping by the end of the year he's got a paragraph long name, and and we can pick any of those for him. That it's that's like one of those really long Hispanic names, <laughs> <laughs> right? That dude. That's what we should do. Is we should have a uh, a contest. Send in what you think Easy's name should be, and the winner, their name gets selected, and that's your name for the year. You maybe get a really cool. <gasps> get a socialism sweatshirt. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I think we're going to do something like so, that. So this sweatshirt was my favorite one for the longest time because of how comfortable it is. But I will say the new We the People sweatshirts. Ooh. They're, the new they're... <laughs> We the People sweatshirts are super comfortable. They yes. are so comfortable. Yes. Get yourself some merch. I'm, I'm going to say it until I'm blue in the face. Get yourself some merch and go ahead and go to the self slash blog. Be sure to check out the blog, check out the articles. We got a lot of cool stuff that is going up lately. Uh, and we should have one going up today, right? Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Should be going up today. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why we call you little nap. I do wonder that. Why? Because you're taking a nap. Should be awake. Doing your work. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Let's get into it. Oh, man. Uh, so there's a lot of news going on, and I don't know about any of it because I'm not paying attention. It's great. Easy, you told me about an event that happened, something about, um, and, and I don't mean this in disrespect. It's just I don't know what happened, something that happened in Colorado, um, and I don't know anything, and I'm kind of okay with that. You guys okay with that? Let's let's not talk about it for a little bit. Let's let them all talk about it because one of the problems is you get infested with all of this, and I use that word specifically. You get infested with all of this news and drama and conflict, and, and you just go down the rabbit hole, and it's great that I'm separating myself out from this stuff for a little bit. And you may think, well, what are you guys going to cover? Well, today we're covering the history of the pilgrims. <laughs> Fun. 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 Elijah and I have an issue. We do. And Mike, you want to tell them about this issue? Yes, I do. I can't wait to tell them. And I'm going to speak for you. Um, you could just like pull his mic cord out so he can't speak. That'd be great. Uh, so he says Thanksgiving is horrible. Correct. Yes. And you know what? You can quote me on that. I, I do quote you. Thanksgiving is horrible. Easy. Hold on. 20% stud. 20%. 80% muffin. But 
I take a sip because I'm preparing to fight this battle. Okay. You may have heard this battle. Easy E believes that the pilgrims. <laughs> I've talked about this before, but I'm one of those people that I hate the sound of people chewing. <laughs> and so I'm sure there's, I think there's like 30% of us that like it, it drives us nuts. So probably 30% of our podcast listeners just went delete. So for done. me, it's the sound of styrofoam. I hate I hate the sound of styrofoam. I, that's understandable. It's that's so bad. Nail files. Oh, Ooh. when somebody's filing their nail. Oh, my. Oh, goodness. Oh, end of the show on that one. Okay. Easy E says that Thanksgiving is horrible because he thinks the pilgrims, um, they genocided the Indians. And so we're going to actually change it into Indigenous Thankfulness Sadness Day. And we're going to celebrate the misery and suffering of the Indians. Do you notice how twisted society is? And, and do you see the, 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 evil that lurks underneath all of that because you take something and you say well 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 something bad happened so we have to pay attention to the bad and i'm going to point this out uh before i get into this frankly because i'm reading something that i want all of you to read and i am going to do a book review about this it's called the great divorce by c.s lewis and it is not about a marriage it's it is a beautiful allegory about our inner state in rejecting or accepting Christ. And one of the things it points out is we will, we will reject joy for misery and for sadness. And you've heard me talk about before, do not let evil and sadness blackmail joy. And this idea comes through in The Great Divorce. And I'll, I'll talk more about it later. But think about that. So often we say, well, how can I be joyful if, if people are suffering in hell? You've just allowed the, the misery of their choice to blackmail joy, to yeah. blackmail heaven. You've just said that evil and wickedness and misery have more power than joy does. Absolutely. Right? And yeah. we do this. And I'll let you speak in a second, easy. Thank you. Because um, <laughs> I realize I keep interrupting. <laughs> and we do this because we 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 reject joy, and we see it even in these types of celebrations. I'm going to get into the truth about Thanksgiving and why it is such an awesome holiday. Easy and I, we we can have our tussles, but there is truth of like. Stop listening to the voices that say, oh, it's totally evil in the pilgrims. They just massacred everybody and you're celebrating genocide. And we should instead lift up indigenous people on this day and everything they went through. You ever notice that's the discussion? We got to we got to honor everything evil that somebody went through. It's funny, though, because indigenous people celebration day or whatever they call it is not the 24th. It's the 25th, which. I don't know if that means anything, but I, I love the fact that you you bring up like we trade out our joy for sadness sometimes. I was um and and part of what you had said was like how can I how can I be joyful when I know that there are people suffering in hell? Yeah, something that the Lord has been kind of bringing me through recently is a couple of things. He's been showing me that there are things that He will reveal to us, but there are also things that He will not show us and reveal to us because there are things that we don't need to know right i was actually having a conversation with um 
an awesome guy at church and he was saying about how one of his friend's buddies ended up passing away and he wasn't like 100% saved, but he was on that road to getting there. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, I wonder how close he was. You know, if only I'd known how close he was uh, to believing, if only I had tried hard enough. And I said, there, there's a reason why God doesn't tell us these things. It's right. because that is a guilt we don't need to bear. That's a guilt that isn't ours to know. And it's knowledge that isn't ours to to comprehend because if we knew if we knew all of that if i knew how close my brother is to being saved how much harder would i be because how much harder would i be working out of my own flesh right in order to get something that and done? and you're you're absolutely right like it, it takes the responsibility off of your shoulders yet you still have a responsibility to the lord right and that's a that's a an amazing balance that needs to happen in our lives uh, you look at times where God told people to go evangelize, so to speak, in the Old Testament or, or speak their case. And there were times where God would even tell them, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to accept what you've said, but you still have to go and say it. And that's when we just do what we've been called to do and we, we hold ourselves responsible for what the Lord has asked us to do. Then it's in other people's hands. And one of the things that I love about the great divorce is it shows how much responsibility is actually in our own hands on whether or not we accept Christ. Oh, yeah. We are, we are so quick to try to avoid responsibility. And that's where people really get into a tussle is like, how could a good God send somebody to hell? The question is, did he send them to hell or did they choose the path to hell? Did they choose to go to Oh, my goodness. Dude. Man, I was so, so, so on it. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> we need to get into this because time is a waste and the alarm. It actually shocked me out of what I was talking about. Let's get into Thanksgiving. All right. I want I I to say I'll... the three million points I had to continue that conversation. Yeah. No, we could talk forever. Okay. Uh, yeah. Keep him in line, would you? And so we're told that the pilgrims and the Puritans are horrible. The problem is that you hear this type of history so often from people who, how do I say, don't tend to cite sources, don't tend to talk or back up their claims, that kind of thing. They'll they'll spin a, yes, they'll spin a narrative and you get historians, think of like the 1619 project. These are people who make massive assumptions, but don't really get into the specifics of the details, the historical record. So when you're looking into history, your best source, which isn't always available to all of us and takes a lot of time to get into, are your primary sources. These are the sources of, of the direct accounts, the people that were there, the, the evidence that shows. Okay, That might be journal entries from people that were there. That might be uh, legal records. That might be contracts, deeds, newspaper articles where applicable. Then you have your secondary sources. Choose secondary sources that cite really well. That, that try to go to those original sources, that, that are digging deep and trying to find that accurate vein. Now, most of my source for all of this was Wall Builders with David Barton. And some will say, ah, oh, he's, he's totally skewed. The man, I believe, and I could be wrong about this, One, I know either one of or the largest collection of U.S. historical documents 
in the world. This guy has has tons of original documents and original artifacts. And the the one of the the bright shining spots of my tenure here with self evident was I got to see a tiny little sliver of some of the stuff that they had uh, when I was out there in Texas. That's it is, really cool. is, is, is it was amazing. We yeah. The, the, so the, we were we were at the studios, um, and that's where the vault is. Where we were at, dude. I just yeah. got pictures of R two D two and C three PO. I know, right? Because <laughs> of course they've got that stuff too, of course. right? But they, it's, I somebody went I got in, to, in passing, and you, you like, I got to, like, yeah, I got, I got, cool. I, I, I got to rub el- elbows with people who see some really cool stuff, right? And and I got some cool exposure. <laughs> and Which, what? Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I, while we're setting the record straight, I want to set the record straight. It's not that I think they're all all the pilgrims are bloodthirsty, <laughs> evil people. I just wanted to put that on you. I'm honestly more of like a Grinch of Thanksgiving. Yeah, you just yeah. I've, it's okay. I'll make your Grinch heart grow like, three times sizes. Yeah, I will. So like the Grinch was alone for all of Christmas. I've been alone for the past. <laughs> five thanksgiving that makes me feel horrible i'm up on my mountaintop (laughs) looking at you all in disgust makes me feel horrible i picture you as a little tiny easy e walking through the orphanage wishing for just a merry thanksgiving (laughs) watch the grinch movie you'll understand so the history we're going to get into this i want you to know the history because i love thanksgiving Nothing at all against Christmas. I absolutely love Christmas, but I I feel Thanksgiving should get its place in one of the major holidays that we pay attention to and we appreciate. So what what happened? So the first Thanksgiving that, that we really record, we really pay attention to was a three-day feast in 1621. Okay, that date matters. Why? Because it wasn't invented on that day in 1621. They had they had, had these feasts of Thanksgiving at various times, right? They had had some in 1541 in Texas, in 1564 in St. Augustine, 1598 in El Paso, right? 1607 when the Jamestown settlers landed, you know, and 1619, they celebrated when the first slave was introduced in Virginia. I'm kidding. The 1619. All right. Hannah and Nicole Jones, I'm sure, would say that that's absolutely why they celebrated. It's not. It was actually just a Thanksgiving for God's abundance. What you'll notice is these Thanksgiving celebrations, these feasts, were to thank who? God. They were to thank God for what he had given. Now, why 1621? Why that one? Why does it matter? Pilgrims had sailed for two months across stormy seas across the Atlantic. This was not an easy path to take. I want you to imagine getting on a big, creaky, wooden boat and sailing across the Atlantic for two months. Yeah. You got to smell the same 200 people for two months. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean does not nah. do sea travel. <laughs> it's justice. Y- y'all ain't Jack Sparrow, okay? Mm-mm. Y'all more like scurvy-ridden, you know, bilge rats is is what you end up being. Bilge rats. And, and you can smell your wife from 40 feet away, okay? they So they land. <laughs> they land. 
And they have a prayer service. They quick built some shelters, but they weren't ready for New England winter. And so what happened? Half of them died in that winter. So spring comes, and out of the woods comes this Indian named Samoset. And Samoset can actually speak English because he's been dealing with English traders and, and settlers and that kind of thing. And later, so he comes out. He says, hi. He, hey, guys. He comes back with Squanto. We've heard that name before. This name is important. Oftentimes, we just say, oh, Squanto, some Indian, I, I right? I genuinely what? thought that was some, like, name that we decided to give one. <laughs> uh, I can't pronounce Squanto. this guy's name. Yeah, we would just call him Squanto. Kind All right. Yeah, there. <laughs> uh, so he, he actually lived with the pilgrims. He became a Christian. Squanto becomes a Christian. He's living with the pilgrims. He actually lives with them until he dies. Governor William Bradford described him as a special instrument sent of God for our good and never left till he died. Now, Squanto trained them to live in New England, and both he and Samoset helped the pilgrims build a lasting relationship with the, I apologize if I get this wrong, Wampanoag tribe. Okay? I don't I, I not great with other languages. You did a pretty good job. Thank you. So they kept tending to the crops and praying. They ended up reaping a bountiful harvest. So because they had such abundance, after such a horrible winter where half of them died, they had such an abundance, they officially declared a three-day feast in December 1621. There were 50 pilgrims and 90 Indians for the three days. Now let me ask you, if relationship is so bad between the two types of people, why are the pilgrims outnumbered by the Indians, yet they're all hanging out for a three-day feast? Now, you may say, oh, well, because the pilgrims turned around and treated them bad. I've got facts. Good. So what they do during those three day fe- that three-day feast, they feasted on shellfish, lobsters, sinners, turkey, cornbread, berries, deer, and other foods. They participated in games such as races, wrestling matches, and athletic events. They prayed. Ooh. One of my favorite stories that ended up helping establish the lasting practice of Thanksgiving was the following account. Okay, so they had the three-day three, three day feast. A couple of years later, they had an event that really helped establish Thanksgiving. In 1623, two years later, they had an extended and prolonged drought. This drought lasted over two weeks. Now, if you are reluctant, we go to the store and we're like, eh, there's no bread on the shelf. Well, I'll wait till next week. Them... <laughs> There's no wheat in the field. We're going to die, right? Like <laughs> it's, it's a whole different ball game if your crops aren't growing in. <laughs> That's exactly how they said it. All too. you have to do is look down at the great value wheat that you refuse to take. It's only 98 cents. <laughs> but is it really wheat? <laughs> I don't know. It's something. They sought the Lord with prayer and fasting. They sought his answer on why the drought, and they felt they weren't relying on him enough. They weren't close enough to him, so they repented. And when the answer had come, when the repentance had come, after 14 days or so of drought, a gentle and steady rain began to fall, to the amazement of the Indian who witnessed it. Now, Governor Bradford wrote, It came without either wind or thunder or any violence, and by degrees in abundance, is that the earth was thoroughly wet and soaked therewith, 
which did so apparently revive and quicken the decayed corn and other fruits, as was wonderful to see, and made the Indians astonished to behold. And afterwards the Lord sent them such seasonable showers with interchange of fair warm weather as, through his blessing, caused a fruitful and liberal harvest to their no small comfort and rejoicing. I want you to see what just happened there. So the Indians, who have relied on what the ground produces and, and the animals of the area, are very connected with this idea of great spirit, right? Provision from the great spirit. They're used to, and I'm not trying to, to demean or overgeneralize, but they're used to ritualistic type stuff, right? Whether rain dances or that kind of thing. Now, I don't know how much that tribe ascribed to all of that, but that was more of the effort in the process, right? They watch these pilgrims pray to the great spirit, spend a couple of days not eating, humble themselves before the Lord, and the Lord answers. I love, I love this because it reminds me of the story of Elijah and the servants of Baal. But the yeah. difference here is that the the prophets of Baal knew better. Right. They knew better, whereas the the indigenous people, these people completely secluded from society, all they had was all they knew. They don't know anything else. They know that there's some idea of a great spirit, but they're not worshiping they, Yahweh. Yeah, exactly. And, and this – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to yeah. say. And then people came in saying, hey, like – We know the God you're talking about. Wait up. Check this out. <laughs> and that that's totally a Paul thing, right? Paul goes, what is it, to Rome and sees all these – gods and everything and then a statue to an unknown god just in case we're going to cover our bases you go that unknown god let me tell you who he is he actually trumps all of these other gods right and so you you're right they they helped bring a personal relationship of the god above to the indigenous people so the drought was broken fall produced more abundance pilgrims had a thanksgiving this established practice actually spread throughout the colonies became an annual tradition of what thanking the Lord for the blessing and abundance that he's placed before them. Which I just thought of this. This is all happening in where new England. Yep. So this is all happening in new England during the fall time, which I feel yeah. like a, a hot drought during fall time seems very out of place. That's a good point. That That's I, a very good point. So not only do you have a, a drought going on, but it's also during, when the seasons are changing, when it should be colder out, at, right. at least like like 60 degrees up north. I have no clue how – I don't know how weather changes up north yeah. because I am a Floridian by trade and but, and all that. But you're right of drought is kind of out of the ordinary. Right. Right. Um, it's It's much – there's plenty of of weather that comes off of the ocean and all of that you know and and weather patterns and all of that so that's a good point man the ordained drought so this even established a calling for a day of prayer and fasting one in the spring one in the fall now um i've got the history of of how this became a holiday but i want to get to something else so what about those dang pilgrims so let's backtrack were they evil and awful 
Did they steal a bunch of land? Did they genocide all the Indians? Because that's what you always hear, right? Is the pilgrims, they took advantage of the Indians and they stole all their land. Records indicate that the pilgrims, after landing, approached the local tribe in order to purchase land. The Indians set the price and there was a written documentation of the sale. In other words, the pilgrims said, how much do you want for this land? We, we really want to buy this land. Indians said, well, pay this much. Okay, here's the contract. Here you go. This policy of purchasing land was the general practice of New England and the mid-Atlantic regions. Not only did the Puritans mirror it in Massachusetts, but also Roger Williams in Rhode Island. You had Thomas Hooker of Connecticut, Penn in Pennsylvania. Penn actually purchased a tract of land several times because at least three tribes claimed the land, having taken and retaken it in conquest. So you see how they were doing it? Oh, we'll just take it from you. So he goes out, and being the good Christian man that he is, he bought it from all three and settled the dispute. That's crazy. He paid three times for the same property so he could settle the dispute and lay claim to it without having any interference or controversy. That's insane! And people say, oh, these horrible colonists, they were all evil, horrible people. This is why you need to pay attention to history. And you need to actually dig to find out the truth. Because what people will tell you is there is nothing good that Christianity has ever done. Why? Because Satan doesn't want you to know the merits and the achievements of God. He will obfuscate and hide all of it. This is why I'm so passionate about history. Because when you dig below the surface, you start to find, oh, wait, maybe Christians weren't doing all of the bad stuff that everybody says they were doing. Did they do some bad things? Yes. Do all people do bad things? Yes. But there is plenty of beautiful, beautiful testimony that has come through Christians being the vessels of God. And the thing is, every time that Christians have done bad things, majority of the time it's because they are severely misguided and they're not following christ right, right. They're, doing, <laughs> they're, they're not they're, listening to the lord yep okay so the practice of purchasing was also followed in new hampshire new jersey and new york so where did this idea come from so two things first george bancroft considered the father of american history reports we we always say they stole their land it's not true right that's where does this idea come from the indians land shrank because they were selling all their land off Okay, they were finding themselves through legal contracts driven, and George Bancroft says, driven into the sea. They had a bunch of land. They were selling it off going, hey, you know, a white man's handing out money and goods for this. I'll take it. We do the same thing. Like, well, that has more value than the land does for me. Take it. Okay, that's, that's between the two parties in the contract of whether or not that land gets sold off. The other idea was during the 1800s, beginning especially with Andrew Jackson, who violated private property rights and forced Indians from their lands. That's where this idea comes from. 1800s, Andrew Jackson. That's way not, past the time of the pilgrims. Not is, the colonists. Established America. At that yes. Point. And, and Andrew Jackson did a lot of nasty things. Okay, oh, yeah. He's not a man I'll defend. This practice was strengthened by the idea of manifest destiny. Okay, moving west. And it encouraged replacing the biblical view of purchasing private property with possession is nine-tenths of the law. Therefore, conquest was the best way to claim land. If I can conquest it, I own it, right? Mm -hmm. Where, do you notice I'm telling the truth? You notice 
I'm, I'm giving you the warts too. I'm not shrinking and saying America was perfect. I don't know what those Indians are talking about, but let's put it in context. This is a very established part of America's history. The fact that that America did horrible things to these people. And the thing is, it didn't start back then. No, it started. It started at this time. You want to, so, so little tidbit of history. It's not in the podcast map, but I'll tell this. You know how uh, the Disney movie Pocahontas, it's what John Smith and Pocahontas and they fall in love and everything's great. Right. Do you know John Smith was actually not a really good guy? I he, was, he was a bad man. He was a bad man. And, and he caused troubles between the colonists, the settlers, and the Indians. He caused trouble, right? So there were those men that were causing trouble. You, you want to know what the communities did? Communities were not happy about it. They they went after these guys because these tribes, they were lifelines. They were they were community. They were they were society at large. And if you're causing problems between two groups of people, things go bad fast, right? So there were those settlers that were not good people, just like the rest of us. We have people in our midst who are not good people. That doesn't condemn us all. Now, what about the pilgrims broke all their treaties? They, 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 the pay, it, wasn't, it was as good as the paper it was written on. Actually, the pilgrims had the longest running peace treaty with the Indians on record. 54 years. This was actually eventually broken in 1675 during King Philip's War, which was actually an Indian, and that's, that's what he named himself. He was actually chief medicom, but he called himself King Philip. That's so weird. But like longest going peace treaty, treaty between the pilgrims uh, with in peace treaty with the all of history or um, from what I understand of, of modern American. Okay. Right. So the pilgrims didn't actually violate it. It was the Indians who violated it. Okay. So let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Pilgrims set up this tra- treaty right with their friends the wampanoag who their chief let them know at the beginning of the treaty let them know hey the massachusetts tribe they're about to attack you guys they want you guys out so the the settlers preempted it and they saved themselves this helped solidify that relationship because that chief said hey hold on somebody's about to attack you just to let you know there, there's a lot of talk going around So the next tensions between Indians and settlers was in 1637 when the Pequot War kicked off. Now, the Pequot, apologize if I mispronounce, were a warrior tribe. They were picking fights with everyone around them. They were an aggressive tribe, including the allies and friends of the settlers. So the Pequot had a trading monopoly with the Dutch, and therefore they wanted to rid the area of the English. We don't want competition. We're with the Dutch. You're an enemy of ours. So they killed some English settlers, and so the colonists organized against the Pequot. The war happened across Connecticut, threatened Massachusetts Bay, and Plymouth. The war ended when the chief of the Pequot, Sassacus, was pursued and killed by the Mohegan and the Mohawks. Tribal warfare. Some claim that this is when colonists killed Indians. In fact, the Pilgrims had only one skirmish. No Indians were killed in that skirmish. Pilgrims came out clean, man. So some claim that them killing Indians was why they had a 1637 Thanksgiving. They're like, oh, they're celebrating. They killed all the Indians. Not true. It's called to give thanks that the war was over. 
Lord, thank you so much for delivering us out of this and that this war ends. How crazy is it that the whole time the white man is is blamed for all this massacre when it's they didn't do anything. Well, they 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 did so little to cause as much harm as happened. And it right. wasn't even them causing the harm. It was Indians turning on Indians. It and, was yes. It, how, how often do we see that today? Go figure, right? Like the the and not that like we've said, not that the settlers didn't have responsibility right. in some of this, but it gets so blown out of proportion that the the noble savage myth of the Native Americans is they're perfect and innocent, and the white man come in and destroy everything. I'm not saying they didn't do some damage, but let's put it all in perspective. Let's remember that everybody has responsibility in some issues, you know? So in 1675, when that treaty ended, it was King Philip's War. This was started not because the settlers were evil and genocidal. You want to know why that war started? Why Medicom, who was, uh, 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 what's his name? The chief of the Wampanoag's grandson. Okay, Medicom felt his culture was threatened by the Indians becoming Christian. Christian missionaries were going out and they were converting Indians. And there were whole communities of Christian Indians. Medicom felt his culture was being threatened and therefore decided to retaliate against the English settlers and the Christian Indians. And when we say converting, we don't mean like forcing. Convert or die. No. Like, hey, this is the power of Christ. Remember that drought that happened mm -hmm. back when? Remember the God who brought the rain? Let me tell you about it. You can, you can be his. There were people who accepted Christ and put aside their old process, right? So the Christian Indians and the settlers fought side by side, and the war ended when Medicom was killed by another Indian. Just to note, out of 90 towns in Massachusetts and Plymouth, 12 were totally destroyed and 40 more were attacked and partially destroyed. They went on a war path. That's crazy. They were, they were ambushing these settlers towns and completely devastating them. That's absolutely insane. Considering the technology that they had at that point, being able to destroy 60, 60 towns. And, and you know why? Because they were amazing hunters and warriors. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, there's accounts, there's a book, what is it? Um, Light of a Nation gives an amazing in-depth talk about all of this. And it talks about, it, it, it goes into kind of grisly detail of at points, settlers holding themselves up in one building because they're completely surrounded. And those buildings get set on fire and that kind of thing. Wow. You know, like it was very brutal, very brutal. And one of the reasons that the Christian missionaries were going to these Indian tribes was because some of these tribes would capture other Indians or settlers or whatever and viciously torture them before killing them. Like it was it was a sadistic game at, at some point. And so these missionaries were going out to convert them to get them away from these types of practices. I mean, if you look at it, this was this was it was honestly never about taking back 
land that you lost. No, this, it was culture. This was always personal. Yeah. This was always like, I don't like what you're doing. I'm taking it personally, so I'm going to kill you. Right. So by the end of the war, 600 settlers and 3,000 Indians had been killed. This was actually the highest casualty rate by percentage of total population of any war in American history. But we never learn about it. We never hear about it. Did you know about King Philip's War before this? No. No. I, I, I was not taught this in U.S. history right. at all. And this, this, again, this is why I love this stuff. Because we, we hear about this stuff and we, uh, whatever. Because nobody takes the time to really explain it as a story to us. They just give us dates and facts and names and, oh, put all the pieces. No, let's hear the narrative. Let's hear the story, the context, right? So Thanksgiving. I gave all of that information to help you understand people will point the finger at Thanksgiving and say, oh, it's just evil genocidal settlers. Not at all the case. And that, once again, is Satan trying to twist something that is celebrating God. Okay? Always be wary when something that, originally has intention for God gets the finger pointed at it and, and somebody's trying to pull it apart. Oh, it's just that divisive dissension nature, right? So what is Thanksgiving? It is a Christian holiday that takes time to thank God for the many blessings he's given to us. Wouldn't it do America some good to really reflect on the blessings that God has given us, as opposed to, oh, Thanksgiving, turkey, yay. Thanks for everything, whoever you are. No, like actually taking some time. Prayer, maybe fasting, and not just to empty your stomach so you can eat more on Thanksgiving, but like prayer and fasting to remember the blessings and the abundance that the Lord has given you throughout the year. Yeah, we take so much for granted nowadays. We Totally. I mean, we think it's such a minor inconvenience for being 10 to 15 minutes late for work because we got caught in traffic. When in reality, 50 years ago, people didn't, people couldn't do that. Right. You know, we, we take technology for granted. We take the ability to reach anyone around the world for granted. We take the, we take the advanced technology of, of food production and water purification so for granted people 50 years ago not even like 100 or like 200 years ago 50 years ago would have known this right and that's that's why it's so important because the more grateful you are the more joy you have right. gratefulness and bitterness cannot inhabit the same place and people will say they'll they'll go around the table what are you thankful for oh, i'm thankful for my job and i'm thankful for my house and that's i'm I'm not mocking that. That's good. But the question is, who are you thanking? Yeah. That's my issue. Is who are we actually thanking? Who are we sitting down and going, thank you so much for this? Because it's very easy to give this, this general ethereal, oh, I'm thankful for. But that doesn't pierce the heart. You have to actually have somebody that you put the thanks towards. Right. Otherwise, it's just, thankful to the universe which is actually me right yeah because if, if you, there's not somebody else that's providing it it must be you and so your thankfulness has so much more power exponentially more power and for yourself the gratitude 
when you sit down and understand, Lord, how much you actually gave me and blessed me with. And so this Thanksgiving, what I want from all of you, I command it because that's totally the way to do it. Sit down and actually go over what God has given you and thank him. Spend some time in the original term of humiliation, right? Humbling yourself before the Lord. Thank him for the blessings and abundance. And you may say, but I've had a really tough year and you don't know what's happened. This and this and this and this. If you are able to breathe, guaranteed there are joys and blessings that the Lord has given. Do not allow the tragedy and sufferings to blackmail the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Ooh, talk about bringing it full circle. Amen. Okay. And I, I, I dare even challenge you guys to do this. If you are struggling to be thankful for something, be thankful for the struggle of being thank you or being thankful. Being thankful because you're you're it's it's teaching you something. Exactly. If you are struggling to be thankful for something, look for where the Lord is stretching you and where the Lord is growing you, so that you can be thankful for this and even be the be thankful for the smallest of things. Right. That's. I can't say it any better myself. Find something to be thankful for. So we will be here on Friday because it's not Thanksgiving. We're slave drivers here. No, we don't. <laughs> You're lucky Thanksgiving falls on a Thursday. Otherwise, I'd have you here. Uh, maybe next yeah. year it'll be on a Friday. <laughs> we'll wait and see. <laughs> All right. So until Friday, guys, have a great Thanksgiving week. Spend some time thanking the Lord, appreciating his blessing. Guys, we love you so much. Check out the website. Get yourself some merch. Become a torchbearer. We got cool things in the works. And until next time, we love you all so much. Have a great day, guys. Love you all. Love you guys.